Now encoding transmission. Transmission encoding completed. Have you often found yourself wondering about the unsolved mysteries and weirdness that surround them all? Now, I'm not saying it's definitely aliens, but it's definitely aliens. You're listening to Three Girls, One Cape. Can you handle the truth? Now we're busting a move. Ooh, busting it. Busting on your face. Busting Yeah. Okay. Well, welcome to this week's episode of Far Out News. The Far Out News. Yes. Brought to you by us. Yes, by us. Yes. Your goddesses. Yes. Yes, the the goddesses, you know, please bring us your offerings. Yes. You know. You can refer to me as Rachel, as the mortals say. And I have my sister from another mister. Oh, I love it when you call me that. <laughs> my Miss V. Morgan. Yes, yes, hello. And I also have another special guest that will be joining us for the hey. first time on Far Out News, Mara Rose. Hey, um, I, hate, I hate to bring this up, but this is not Mara's first rodeo. No, this is the first time she's on Far, Far Out, Out News. News oh, Far Out This News. is the first time we've ever had a guest on Far Out News. I was gonna say... Oh, yeah. Well, like, yeah. I mean, yeah, Emma filled in last week. Well, she wasn't on the news one, so... Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. She was like in a fucking coma. <laughs> that bitch was in a coma, like barely saying anything. But yeah, she's just her. agreeing with us at this point. Yeah, she you was kind of. It's because she. She probably. I'm, you know what? I'm not gonna say anything. Yeah, you know what? We're just gonna continue on. We're gonna bring We're gonna up going on the first story of the day we have yeah, an up, a couple updates for you yeah we got some updates from our last far out news segment um because we all you know we know that quite possibly um this guy probably did do it for the nookie but he didn't do it for coronavirus no he did um, not we got an update for uh, Robert Durst. Not Fred Durst, Robert. Not Fred Durst, but Robert. <laughs> okay. Not Lynn Biscuit. Um, Robert, his uh, trials are put on hold right now to the due to the corona out the coronavirus. That's you crazy. Know? You know, like, you know he's going to die. He's going to die before he can go to trial. I'm calling it now. He probably has the coronavirus for all I know. I mean, he you could know? be because he's in Los Angeles, the same place Linda he's is. He's in Los and Angeles. Sick, I mean, the and... shit's everywhere, but it's also been around since the 60s. So, like, I mean, it's like, whatever. You know, I'm still drinking corona. Not stopping me. Not well, stopping me from having a good time. Well, that's good. I also, you know, this weekend we went out and, uh, you know, we were going to sing My Corona and Mm. then it was apparently in bad taste. So we decided not to. Nobody liked it. Well, and it's someone else saying like their own Corona version. Yeah. Somebody. If we follow up with that, they would be like, okay, bitch, like, do your own shit. Like, you know, 
Nobody, nobody likes my Corona, you know. No. My personal favorite was always the mine Coronas. Yeah. Okay. Let's not hit the sand and everything. Do you guys know L. Kane, like the sinner and uh, yeah. daughter? Well, on her mm-hmm. Instagram, she and her father, Rob Schneider, mind blown for those who didn't know, saying a version of Sweet Caroline, but they said Sweet Corona virus. Sweet Corona. <laughs> but it was very sweet and charming. Their I mean, although that charming. song is literally about, was written about like a 12-year-old girl. Well, I did not know that. Yeah. Isn't it disturbing when you know that? It it's is. like talking about this sweet Caroline and how he just wants her to make her feel <laughs> so good. So, so good. good. Oh so, so good. good. Well, I mean, oh, if we know the contest was for a 12-year-old, I don't know. Somebody be... call Somebody call Chris Hansen right now. Yeah, yes. we need to get Chris Hansen on the line. Chris Hansen needs to investigate this. Since he's investigating everybody else, you know. Yeah. Well, speaking you know. of um, some investigating and um, people getting threatened to be killed, Mara has some updates on the Corey Feldman, Corey Haim, Charlie Seen situation that is happening right now in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Yes, my juicy gossip that really isn't my gossip that I just got from a couple Ooh, different give websites. give us that gossip, girl! So... Um, so in the documentary that was just recently released, The Rape of the Two Corys, um, it was, uh, they said that Charlie Sheen raped Corey Haim back when Haim was 13 and Sheen was 19 on a film set. But of course, yes, you know, for Lucas, for Lucas. Yes. And then, of course, like his mother and his sister are denying that it ever happened, but Corey Feldman said that he, that Haim spoke to him in purse, uh, spoke in private about what happened in great detail. And Feldman's uh, first wife also verified that she spoke to her and Corey about it. And so there's this whole thing. And then, and then, but the question is, did Shane really do it? Does he have any past behaviors that could, you know, that would indicate that he would be tippet, that he would be capable of such behavior. And turns out, I mean, hey, it's not too far from the truth. As in, do you remember when um, he and Denise Richards got divorced back in the thousands? No, I don't remember that, but I'm, you're <laughs> going to tell us about it anyway. Yeah, so. so. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, in a divorce proceeding, she, uh, she stated that one of the reasons why she uh, wanted to separate, well, why she separated and wanted to get divorced from Sheen was because she found um, some pornography that uh, Charlie was viewing. And uh, pornography, she said, um, had what looked, what appeared to be underage men and women. And when she confronted him about it, he denied it. And then she just said, well, hey, like, I obviously don't want you watching this. And also, you know, I don't feel comfortable with you being around our kids unless you're going to be seeking help. He's like, no, no. And then so there's that. And then. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, obviously. Yeah. Like, I mean, to be fair, the way that obviously he's reacted is kind of obviously makes me think 
because it's always, you know, the people who are go overboard and he's like, you know, telling people, he's like, yeah, ask, you know, Corey Haynes' yes. mom and yeah, like, you like, know, uh, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, well, she like was just in it for the fucking money. Like she probably, like, I think the like the story is right now that she was like handing Corey Haim off to these like guys like i mean she in much all was honesty like, that's kind of how i feel about the whole entire thing right because especially because like okay the, they were young boys all right mm-hmm. and they were in hollywood right and regardless of like the like the fact like the parent, like the parents, are still somewhat responsible, you know, right. for all this no, shit exactly. happening. And then, um, as uh, Rachel, or as Rachel mentioned earlier, like now his sister is saying that uh, that she doesn't believe it because she actually thought that Charlie was interested more in her because he was one of her first kisses or something like that, and is like okay, bitch, you can't just, like, base it off your own experience. And then she goes on to say, like, you know, I got a kiss from Charlie before he was as freaky as he is now. (laughs) And it's like, okay, like, that's a way to say, like, you know, I kissed a guy before we found out that he was, like, you know, interested in underage boys and girls and, you know, did all these drugs and It's like, bitch, how about for you? What the heck? Well, yeah, exactly, like, and... Well, I just think it's ironic because, yeah, how much... Yeah, well, she's only, like, a year, like, I think about a year older than Corey, so... Yeah, so then he, if he was, like, 13 when this happened... Yeah. And then in the art, or in, like, whatever the thing they were talking about, how, um, you know, Corey Haim, like, after he had, like, that one initial, like, um, you know, experience with Sheen, like, he was like you know tried to get attention from sheen later and Sheen like denied him so like what like bigger slap in the face would it be if you were interested in like somebody's sister you know what i mean like after somebody just like you know had sex with you behind a trailer i wouldn't even call it sex i would call it rape but Mm -hmm. yeah So, yeah, I mean, that's essentially, like, you know, yeah, and what we have at this moment is that Sheen definitely has past behavior indicating that, you know, I mean, if he's going to be watching underage porn, pornography, like, I mean, you couldn't really put it past him that he would, you know, rape a, rape a child. So. Right. Yeah, like, um, I, I'm going to say that, uh. I, I have to say it really shouldn't be surprising that Charlie Sheen would do something like that. You know? Right. Not for and nothing then, when you really think about just like everything he's really even done. Like Yeah. Especially when he was having his fucking like breakdown smoking crack and saying he's got tiger blood and mm-hmm. shit like what else would you fucking expect from somebody like that you know exactly 
And then also, well, this is an interesting little tidbit, is that his cameo profile, which, I mean, I cameo's been around for a while now, but like, if you don't know, it's like you can, like, request a celebrity, leave you a message, say, like, hi, happy birthday, happy Kwanzaa, or, like, you know, something like that. And, uh, but his profile at the moment is temporarily unavailable, so he's, it's not taking any requests, so he's definitely been affected by this, or, you know, this recent, um, this recent, but, uh, repeated blame. Yeah. And I think that, you know, at the end of the day, that this whole thing obviously is very sad because, um, you know, it wasn't just Corey Feldman, but it was Corey Haim, who's no longer with us, and Mm -hmm. he can't speak to this, so it's kind of... You know, at this, obviously, at this, I get where Corey Feldman's coming from by revealing this story, but kind of at the same time, you know, I'm kind of with these other people where, you know, like, obviously, like, people like this need to be exposed, but it's just, like, it's kind of like a double-edged sword because the other person that's, like, you know, you're standing up for isn't alive, and then... Mm -hmm you know, it puts Corey Feldman in this very difficult situation now where he's speaking pretty much against, obviously, everybody, which, you know, obviously is neither here nor there, but it's just, you know, obviously at the end of the day, this is affecting more than just these people. It goes outwards, and, you know, it could be people that you know or have come in contact with that are doing these terrible acts or have been affected by people who do similar things to men, women, children, old people, young people. Mm. Goodness gracious. And it's also crazy. So um, one last thing about Corey Feldman. So... um, I was reading an article about how Wendy Williams, you know, uh, was voicing her opinion. Mm-hmm. And uh, she said that... And she was one of his initial supporters, yeah. too. Like, she was helping him, well, like, promote the release of his documentary. Yeah, because wasn't yeah. he on her show talking about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, she, the television host, uh, went on to say that this is not a small thing that um, after he is accusing such a high... Howard, people of rape. Kel- uh, Feldman was uh, is lucky that he's not been found dead in the Bronx River. And so it's just, like, it's ironic because obviously she's switched sides. And it's kind of one of those situations that, you know, obviously he is making money off this. But at the same time, like, it costs money to make shit like this. You know what I mean? It exactly. costs money like, yeah, to... Yeah, does she have any it, idea how much money he invested into making this film? Right. And then another thing, too, is that it makes you think, like, why she turned her opinion around all of a sudden. Like, was it someone who was like, hey, like, maybe you should be careful with what you say. But then, again, Wendy Williams is like, the queen of controversy and you know like she's gonna pretty much do anything to have you know people listen to her so yeah very true yeah wendy mm. yeah she's not had a very good run she she runs her mouth a lot and sometimes she like puts her opinion on shit that she has like no business talking about (laughs) yeah you know, like, sometimes she... But, I mean, hey, you know, they all do it. 
Mm-hmm. That's that's her job, man. You know, that's her job is to stir the pot. So that's the way I'm looking at it. But, you know, speaking about sick and twisted Wendy Williams, <laughs> we're going to move on to um, our next article. It's called, um, it's about a man, and it says, Twisted motive drove serial killer to butcher 78 with horrifying makeshift weapons. Ooh. And I'm going to, this was, uh, came out on March 11th of this year, mm-hmm. um, from Mirror. I'm not sure if that's just a website or a news source, but moving forward. So I'm guessing it's like Michael, but Mikkel Popkoff. Was it? Was, is that it? Yeah, that's, uh. Mikkel Popkoff. Uh, was known as the werewolf and would rape his victims who were all aged between 18 to 50 before murdering them and admitting he loved to feel their pain. Oh, what the fuck? Yeah, he was a mess. <clears throat> yep, for almost three dec- uh, decades, former Mikkel Popcock stuck terror into his home city in Russia. As a former police officer, Popkoff should have been one of the most upstanding citizens in Siberia. Instead, he earned himself the moniker The Werewolf during the killing spree, which he started back in 1992 and has made his, uh, and made, ha- has made his Russia's worst serial killer. The serial killer has been convicted of the murders of 78 women and could be responsible for the deaths of many more Holy before he fuck. right Holy before he fuck. butchered his victims uh who were all women with the exception of one male officer uh popkov would first rape them he then used horrific makeshift weapons of knives axes baseball bats or screwdrivers to murder them oh my um, and then it says, it continues to read that Popkov's chilling nickname emerged because his victims were so badly mutilated, they often would be, re- uh, look like a wild animal, uh, what got the at them. Fuck? Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was convicted of, uh, further 56 killings, a Russian state prosecutor said, uh, prosecutor, prosecutor, <laughs> the prosecutor said, he clearly loved killing. Some victims had 100 to 45 or 170 Holy knife wounds. He said he felt sad, satisfied when he felt their pain as they were stabbed. <laughs> so, like, obviously this there's guy got, is a fucking psycho. Yes. With this guy, this can't be fixed. Well, also the fact uh, that... Yeah, come, no, most definitely. They're letting him live? No. Um, as of right now, so it goes on to continue that, um, his last, so he was murder, his murder rampage was from 1992 to about 2010. Um, he finally, uh, was convicted of 22 murders in 2015 and locked up for life. The serial killer has, uh, been told he would spend the rest of his days in a harsh penal colony in Siberia. Um, it goes on to read, 
Following his first conviction, Poplatov then pled guilty to another 60 killings, but there were only enough evidence to convict him of 56. He has even... <coughs> Sorry, coronavirus. Uh, he has even worked with police to identify several of the victims. The respected police officers started his killing spree when he uh, became convinced his wife, Elena, was having an affair. So, I mean, this is what he's, like, trying to blame it on. But, yeah, like, I mean, like, okay, I feel yeah, like I normal people I aren't just, like... That. Like, I'm, I'm, like, <laughs> listening to this, and I just, I can't believe what I'm hearing. He was just looking for a reason just to blame it. Right, well, ex- that's exactly it, I feel like. Because, I mean, obviously, like, one day, yeah. a normal person doesn't just come home and you're like yeah i think my wife's cheating on me maybe i should go out and murder people like this guy like, said, that's how i'm gonna spend much the rest like, of my sunday got a problem, okay like because yeah like oh god i can't uh, like well, especially right. the fact that he would target is yeah sick. this is crazy i mean it's not even like I'm trying to I'm trying to think of like what other serial killer I could think of to even compare him to. Well, that yeah, I mean it's kind of like at the end of when like Ted Bundy went on his like spree killing like pretty much through like Florida State where he yeah, just... but kind of but this guy this guy makes Ted Bundy well then yeah exactly because he's killed like all of these people and like <laughs> he wasn't caught for like twenty fucking years. This guy, like, oh my god. That, this is pure evil. So, the worst part about this is that this guy was a police officer. So, it goes on to say that he was targeting sex workers or women who were drunk, um, and he would sentence them to death as soon as they agreed to have a drink with him. Uh, You know, and then it goes on to read... Um, Popkov claimed he, uh, this proved that, uh, his victims were immoral. Three women managed to escape his clutches because they refused to have a drink with him. And then, um, state prosecutors said at this time, uh, Popkov's second conviction, he escorted these women home and even helped some of them carry their bags. And then it goes on to read of the part about he felt, uh, he said he felt satisfied when he Uh, felt their pain as they were stabbed so um when he was sentenced to spend the rest of his life in one of uh russia's toughest maximum security jail hop cops showed no emotion however when he was told that he would be uh stripped of his police rank which meant his wife would lose the 255 pounds a month pension pop was furious so another sign of a fucking sociopath like this guy is insane he's worried about something affecting him but not everything that he did to affect these other people um it goes on to say he um he was calm when he heard the life sentence but got very upset about the rank and pension decision Popkov thought that his co-operator investigator should have earned him a better result or his cooperation with the investigation should have earned him a better result from the court. He will be appealing this part of the sentence to remove his pension. 
I mean, this it's just disgusting, you know, that he thinks that he's fucking entitled to anything after everything that he did to these women that he just brutally fucking murdered and, you know, left wherever the fuck he left them. I I can't, like... Holy yeah. shit. And since he was a police officer, you know, he um, knew how to clean up the crime scenes, so that was also another yeah. reason why he didn't get caught for so long. Um, and, Holy you know, his wife and his daughter, they commented on how they didn't even know, you know, they were like, this isn't really happening. But obviously it did because he confessed to killing at least, you know, half of the women that he actually did kill, probably. You know, it's just crazy. And it's even more gruesome, especially when you call somebody the werewolf, you know. Because your crimes are so gruesome, it looks like a fucking werewolf ripped open your victims. That disguise. Oh. Oh my god. But Mara has a, in a article speaking of another type of werewolf that's been running around actually in the UK. Uh, it is the terrified dog man of... Lincolnshire, with sightings the way back hundreds of years. It says that the locals have been terrorized by said Don Man for centuries and that uh, Lee Soloway, who is the host of the Realm of the Supernatural podcast, told the Daily Star online that there had been reports of a giant dog-like creature in the region, again, dating back to hundreds of years ago, specifically the 1600s. And they said that there was a particularly eerie encounter in 1995 when a local official was notified that the security guard had seen what looks like a werewolf running around that had been spotted at a caravan park. And when the man decided to investigate, he found a van parked on a road with no one inside. And then locals who had been hiding nearby called out to him to say that there was a huge wolf with quote, glowing eyes that had chased off the previous guard. Well, that's not terrifying. Could you imagine just being, like, some, like, really crappily paid night guard and you're like, oh, I gotta fucking go out and investigate this <laughs> and just, like, seeing this huge like, wolf oh, creature. Shit. You know, they're like, oh, there's a huge wolf. He's like, motherfucker's smoking too much weed, dropping all this acid. I gotta go out here. <laughs> gotta deal with these kids that are taking too many drugs and then he's just like shitting himself <laughs> and that's the last time that Johnny actually cried wolf <laughs> oh my god real life tonight at 10 <sighs> But anyway, there's Jesus been more Christ. recent sightings of the said dog man and... Oh, more recent? So, like... Mm -hmm. So this guy's still going. Yeah, yeah so, this werewolf, so this werewolf <laughs> is still at oh, large. Oh, she-baby still at or large. Or maybe it's a she-wolf. Yes, <laughs> yeah. thank you, Mara, for pointing it that out. It could be a she-wolf. Or maybe... Or it's Shakira. It 
It's Shakira! It is a non-binary werewolf. Or yes. it could be yes. a non-binary werewolf, yes. But anyway, so yeah, so more there's been recent sightings, and then actually within, it wasn't this past sighting, but there was a sighting years ago where uh, someone had taken a picture after like hearing some commotion on a road or something like that, and they found severed deer legs on the shoulder of the road. Oh, that's not sketchy or anything. It uh, pretty much sums up the dog band of Lincolnshire. Well, I'm glad that, you know, the dog man is in Lincolnshire because I'm pretty sure that he would love to chase this next article guy, who, uh, which is about a guy who uh, was tracking his mileage on uh, Google and he rode his bike past a burglarized home that made him a suspect in a robbery. <laughs> the quote goes on to say, I was using an app to see how many miles I rode my bike and now it is putting me at the scene of a crime, the man said. Just imagine, like, yeah, how yeah, terrible this guy's day just became. He's just, like, <laughs> riding his bike. He's just like... Dun, 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 dun. Right. Um, I don't I don't know what it is. is Maybe that the it's exactly McCoy used to uh, use an exercising tracking app run keeper to record his bike. So maybe, yeah, I kind of, it looks like... Can we just talk about how this guy is? Biking in jeans. Listen, maybe he his job required him to wear jeans. He says he's exercising, right? You know. He so just wanted he to look good, Vanessa, for the picture. Okay, he, he was like, "I'm gonna wear my skinny jeans and my black." He most likely be. just posed for it. like, "Okay, we need a picture of you on the bike so people believe this yeah. story." And you're like, "Okay, like <laughs> okay, I'm wearing so. jeans, but you know, I'll take the picture." Oh, uh, and it makes it even better because this happened in Florida. So the e- so the story goes: <laughs> email arrived on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon in January, stating Zachary McCoy as he. Pre- Uh, or startling Zachary McCoy as he prepared to leave for his job at a restaurant in Gainesville, Florida. It was from Google's legal investigation support team writing him to let him know that local police had demanded information related to his Google account. The company said it would release the data um, unless he went to court and tried to block it. And he had just seven days, which is kind of dick move, Google. Yeah, I mean, Um, seriously. (laughs) <laughs> Way to go, Google. And then he said that uh, I was hit with a really deep fear, McCoy, 30, recalled. Even though he couldn't think of anything he'd done wrong, he had an Android phone, which was linked to his Google account. And like millions of other Americans, he used for an assortment of Google products, including Google Gmail and YouTube. Now police seemingly wanted access to all of it. He was probably like, oh, shit, I am into some really kinky porn. The police going to see this. <laughs> He's like, shit, the cops are going to see my browsing history. They're going to know that I like that mom on stepdad porn or mom on stepson they, porn. They're going to know that I've been to Brazilian fat porn. <laughs> Aren't we all? Oh, God. Anyways, um, so besides this guy... Biking in jeans. How suspicious was he? He was very suspicious. Um, I didn't know what it was about, but I knew the police wanted to get something from me. McCoy said in a recent interview, I was afraid it was going to get charged with something and I didn't know what. There was one clue I noticed from Google 
was a case number. McCoy searched it on the Gainesville Police website and found one-page investigation report on a burglary of an elderly woman's home 10 months earlier. The crime had occurred less than a mile from the home that McCoy, who had recently earned an associate's degree in computer programming, shared with two others. So, in an apartment. He's renting an apartment with two other people. Um, So... Anyway, so they went and they fought it and they got a geofence warrant, um, which said that they could trace like the GPS and the Wi-Fi, which led them to searching um, for or getting a hit from Google for this uh, robbery that he had been in the area for. Um, mm-hmm. So... Long story short, they ended up finding out that, obviously, McCoy um, made frequent loops through this neighborhood um, because it was, like, right down the street from his house. So that they're just saying that this was, like, his lawyers fighting this and being like, you know, I did, he didn't do this because this is the trip that he takes every day. Like, he's coming home from work or he's doing this. So, you know... He ends up not getting charged, obviously, because he didn't have any of the possessions that were robbed from this woman um, in his personal items. And it goes on to say that, um, you know, after they fought this, pretty much the Gainesville Police um, Comment or Police Department have failed to comment any further. And, um, he's saying that, you know, it's a great tool and great technology, but sometimes robots are going to take over the world and kill us all. (laughs) All right. He didn't say that last part, but that's pretty much what he said. Yeah. Terminator status. Right. You know, some people just, they like to ride bikes and they like to have fun doing it. And he was doing it to... Lose some, lose some weight, you know? He's looking fresh in his fresh black yeah. tees and his skinny jeans. I'm guessing he just bought those at um, Hot Topic or something. Oh, yeah, I hope that's not his regular workout gear. I mean, the chafing. Yeah, the, oh, I couldn't imagine. And That's why I'd like it, yo, like, that's why I'd be like, did you do it? <laughs> Exercising, huh? Yeah, yeah I exercising? know, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, it's just this picture. Oh God! I know it kills me. It it, it really is killing me. It's like it reminds me of like Hank Hill. I feel like you know if you had the picture on, yeah. Propane and propane accessories. Speaking well. of propane. <laughs> well. I, um, I've got something I'm gonna bring in here into play is, uh, this story about how, um, we're gonna talk about, like, um, some of the wisdom, you know, that could probably be passed down to us from our parents. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, and sometimes parents have stories about things they've done, you know, including drugs. Yep, 
and the lessons they learned from doing those drugs. Yep. Well, this dad has quite some stories because he, uh, he's done over 150 different drugs that's just to see a, what they're like. That's a lot of drugs. You know? Um, yeah, so this article is titled, Dad Travis More Than 150 Different Drugs. Um, you know, it's like when you think of recreational drugs, you know, you think, like, you know, the typical things you hear about. Cannabis, cocaine, ecstasy. Peyote. <laughs> peyote, meth. Mushroom acid, mescaline. Um, He'd have his own mescaline. PCP, like you know, like you hear some crazy shit. Um, you know, some people experiment with drugs without the faintest idea of what it will do to them, except maybe for their mate saying, "You'll have the best time, man." Well, I love how, like, they call it broke. (laughs) Well, this guy decided to try those and then some. Because he was going to write a, he was writing a book about his experiences. And warn people about the potential dangers of each one. This guy put his life on the line so that you can know what these freaking drugs do to you. Okay, Dominic Milton Trot. Okay, that's who this guy is. All right, not all heroes wear capes. Um, some of them wear like Indiana Jones, crocodile Dundee style hats and cool shades. All right, first um, of all, that is definitely not an Indiana Jones hat. <laughs> It looks like Woody Harrelson. Like, right. like, Woody it, Harrelson. That guy kind of does look like Woody Harrelson. I agree with that. Is it secretly? Is it actually Woody Harrelson? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. It's just a different. This is his book. This is his author name. Yeah. Yeah. Dominic Milton Trot. It's really not oh my Woody God, Harrelson. Like, if he's <laughs> as much as it looks like it, it's not him. Um, oh God. So he wanted to explore, he wants, pe- he wants people who are keen to try different substances to know exactly what they're getting themselves into before they put it up their nose, in their mouth, or in their vein, or in their ass. That's not in the article, but that is something, hey, like, you know, hashtag it's free if you boof it. But in all honesty, it's really not ever free. Like... But, you know, it's not free if you boop it. Um, the father of two from the UK has tried a, <laughs> has tried 157 different types of drugs. Alright. And he has details of his experience in the drug user's Bible. This, like, uh, he's in his 60s now. Alright. Okay. And he started doing this when he retired, you know, because he was asking questions, you know, about the meaning of life. And he stumbled upon ayahuasca, okay? 
Yeah. Um, and for like of uh, those that are not familiar with ayahuasca, um, it's basically it. Um, I forget. Like it comes from like the plant. So I think of like the mimosa. So it's basically DMT. Okay, and you mix it with the with the plant. So like you drink it and. It makes you go into like a crazy, crazy life changing experience. Um, you know, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's something that like, you know, I personally think from my research about what I've heard about ayahuasca, I say pay the money and go on those retreats because this is something serious. Yeah. Um, you know, and he, yeah, it's, yeah, it's derived from plant in South America. Um, and he was looking on YouTube. Um, so anyway, so he did go to Peru and he you know, did, the, did that, the guy ritual, from um, the travel channel, you know, which he says opened his eyes and helped free him from the shackles of fear. Um, he wasn't scared of experimenting a bit more. And after a bit of research, Frustrated at the lack of information out there on safe drug use. And it's like, okay, you know, I mean, it's like, listen, I Well, I mean, like, realistically, he's fucking living the dream because he gets to fucking take a bunch of drugs and then make money about him taking a bunch of drugs. Right? I mean, like, he did it for the sake of, like, getting the information out there. You know, he's like, I spotted on the forums that real people were dying and disappointed and disappearing off these sites. And it would sometimes get back that they made a mistake or took the wrong dose. Or they didn't know the onset times of all sorts that can really lead to fatality. Um, you know, he's like, I started creating a spreadsheet of my experience and my research. I meticulously researched the drug, what the dose would be, and so on and so forth. And I recorded it. And he like, you know, he went out there and he did, he did the homework. Okay. Like he did the homework. Then... You know, he says the idea of creating a book about his experiences popped into his head. And he said, why shouldn't I? He's like, why shouldn't I project into the public consciousness safety information when I feel capable of doing that? So over the course of about a decade, he started seriously researching, taking, experiencing, and document documenting as many drugs as he could find. Interesting. The former bank, yeah. And now you know what's it's like. I, it's like I love this, you know, because like this guy before he retired, right? right um, he was a he banking was and IT worker. A banking and IT, worker. you know. Yeah, he was an IT worker and a banker. You know, and from there on it, like, you know, he decided, you know, to source the globe for psychedelics, stimulants, <laughs> antipsychotics, sedatives, intoxicating depressants, including opioids, disassociatives, cannabinoids, nootropics, all kinds of different, like, dream herbs and psychedelics. Like, he did it all. Okay, this guy literally did it all. 
before, like, um, it says here, um, before May 2016, loads of the research chemicals, <clears throat> loads of the research chemicals were legal in the UK, meaning Dominic could order them without any trouble. The legal ones saw him, um, the legal ones saw him travel to different parts of the planet where he could get them a little easier. Wow. So, you know, so he also even, he traveled to make sure he could get everything in a place. Like, you know, he, he really, this guy went all the way. Um, if you ask him what drug he thought was the best, he'll always counter it with this question. It depends on what you're seeking at the time. That guy, this guy, this guy is a real motherfucker, I tell you. Um, on the whole, he would argue that the ayahuasca was the most transformative and revolutionary that he has ever tried. And there's a reason why they call it the sacred plant medicine. When you see things from a different perspective and then return to normality... You have that knowledge and that perspective, and you carry that with you, and that's what changes people. That's what changed me, seeing society and culture from the outside. Once I returned back to, into society, I changed my overall perspective. He would wait at least a, at least a week, you know, uh, before he would saddle up for another experience, but sometimes the period in between another drug would be longer if he had to do more research or source it. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, that, I'd be like, this guy, like, straight up, like, did I mean, yeah, he's definitely things. being as professional and, like, well, I mean, what I would guess I would say is professional. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because he's obviously doing his research and making sure he knows all the information before he just, like, walks into the situation. So now we're going to dive in. We're going to dive into some of the things that he tried. And some of these, like, I'm kind of like, what the fuck? I've never heard about this. Okay. Okay. Now, like, this is one that I've never heard of. Um, But uh, apparently it's something he did research. Okay. And um, one of them is nutmeg. All right. Yep. He says, uh, he, when he tried to get high off nutmeg, and this is a real thing, I guess you can get high off nutmeg. I mean, I'll watch it in my cooking, but I usually do it when I'm baking. Yeah, I actually heard um, of this before, and I was kind of like, I, no way. Yeah, this, this is a first time for me. I'm like, oh my goodness. You know? Um, he says... I woke up in the middle of the night and I had to crawl on my hands and knees to get to the toilet, he, he says. My fingers were going into the wood and I was pulling them out and everything was spinning. My head was hurting. I was ill for a week. He's like, it's dysphoric, it's fear, it's trauma. Um, he says, these particular psychoactives are deadly and very toxic. You're essentially poisoning yourself. Right. Um, you know, so that's like, you know, so basically, like, you don't get high off nutmeg, okay? Because you're going to feel like shit. Yeah. 
All right. Then he talks to us about methamphetamine, which not even once. Okay. Like, just don't do it. Just don't do meth. Okay, people. Just don't do meth. Mm-hmm. Um, he said his experience with meth was troubling because he realized just how addictive the substance can be. He says, I knew there would be this tendency to continue taking it. He said, I made sure that once it was gone, it was gone. The next day I was drained and I found it. I found it took a long, long time to get back to normal. You know, which just should tell you right there, you know, just know. Yeah. He also says, stop. He says, another one that was terrible for him are any synthetic cannabinoids. This is why we don't smoke spice. Okay? Yeah. Like, you know, or like, you know, it's you don't not, smoke it's, spice and then you try to drive. Yeah, it. you don't smoke spice. Or like, you know, if you're in the UK, they call it Black Mamba, which like, you know, I, that's an interesting name for it. But I'd be like, hey, you know, like, I kind of like that. Hey, stay away from that Black Mamba, man. You know? Um, he says they were also horrible. Yeah, because like, you know, it's fake weed. What the fuck do you expect? I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit if, like, you gotta do drug tests or whatever. Stop smoking that fake shit. Okay? Like, that didn't come from the earth. Okay? And most of it is just rose hip sprayed with a bunch of drugs. Okay? It's just rose, it's just rose hips and, and, uh, fucking, what's the other one there that begins with an M? Mugwort. Yeah, it's just mugwort. In rose hips, and they just spray all these chemicals on it, and they're like, "Yo, like it gets you high, like weed. It's fake weed, but it's not fake weed. Like it's fucking chemicals. Like why don't you just go drink some bleach while you're at it when you got cotton mouth from fake weed? Like I mean, like that's that's what's going on there. And he says. Um, he described the high as a magnifier for any anxiety that was floating in his brain. Because it's fake weed. He recalled lying in bed in the fetal position just hoping for it to end. Mm. He says, at one point he wondered whether the trip would ever end. Oh, Jesus. Like, you know, it's like, I don't know if anybody, well, I'm sure anybody that's listening to our show has... Definitely probably tried some kind of psychedelics. But if they've been, if they have ever been in that point in time in like a trip, it's like, I gotta get the fuck out of here. Um, you know, so let's see. So like, yeah, like, you know, like he talks about those. I'm really hoping to see something else, you know. Yeah, well, but, I'm sure uh, that we can check out, uh... You know, but I encourage everybody to check this out, because this guy, I want to buy his book, I'm going to read it. You know? Um, yeah, no, most definitely. It would be a page for sure. You know, uh, he, so, like, you know, in an ending statement, you know, he, uh, Dominic strongly believes governments and law enforcement agencies need to take a different approach to drug harm, um, harm administration. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he says that he shouldn't have had a com- have had to compile his list of experiences in a book because the relevant agencies should have that information already out there, which they don't. And that's that's a really good point, right. you know. Um, but at the end of the day, Mr. Trot says, if one's person life is saved from reading his information, then everything he went through would have been worth it. This guy is genius. This right. guy is a good guy. I like this guy, and I'm going to buy that book. All right? Because um, I'm dying to hear about his experiences. And, you know... Where's my wet cough? <laughs> there you go. Dying again on me, girl. You know, sometimes one of us has to die. It's true. Um, yeah, well... I can only resurrect you so many times. True. You know. But don't worry, I'm working on it. (laughs) I'm working on getting better. I'll be better. I'll bring you back to life every time. Thanks, girl. I appreciate it. Um. You know. But I'm gonna say, you know, like... I'm gonna have to put some limitations onto how you die. Well, yeah, I mean, like, if I am, like, mauled by the werewolf, I really don't want you to bring me back. (laughs) Or if you, like, died from some crazy, um, sexual act, you know, I might not, I might not be able to bring you back from that. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, the more gruesome, the harder of the bringing back. Yeah. So, uh, how how should we approach well, this? Well, there's one? nothing worse than your dad doing a bunch of drugs, but there is actually something worse, and that is having a micro penis, but not according to this man. <laughs> hey, you know they always say it's not the size of the boat. It's the motion of the ocean. It all. It's the motion of the ocean. I mean, the size of the boat does matter because if it's like a, if it, if it does sea, definitely matter to then, a, like, yeah, you're gonna I, get flipped over and capsized and probably drown in the ocean because of the currents. But well, I mean, I'm sure that it's not gonna matter if you're a Jedi warrior like this guy claims to be. Okay. <laughs> This guy with a 2.9 inch yes, micro penis. a very tiny penis. Yeah, like that's a little, that, that, is, that is a little dick. Like, hang on. Like, so I got this matchbook, right? I got this matchbook, and that's about an inch. So it's like two of those. Okay, so, like, that's right. what we're well, looking Well, I mean, like, 3.5, okay. or what was it, 2.9? Oh, it's almost like it's almost like my cigarette. It's like yeah, the size it's of my cigarette. It's a little bit smaller okay. than like a cheese okay. stick. <laughs> well, like you know, he says he's he claims to be that he's like a Jedi warrior Ooh, in tell the bedroom. <laughs> Michael Harris. Is confident the size of his manhood doesn't matter 
because ultimately penetration is the only is only the finale of sex yeah that's what he says he Mm -hmm. yeah he's from new zealand he's currently in new zealand but he's an um american army with the u.s army um yep veteran and scaffolder you know uh from yeah yeah he's currently living in new zealand uh and uh my goodness he's running a new dating agency called dinky one (laughs) yep so only it looks like only um so he's trying to normalize small penises by catering to men who have penises that are less than 5.5 inches. But, yeah. I mean, hey. You know, like, not everybody's gonna... We're not all... We are not all... Oh, my God. What's his face there? We're not all William Defoe's, and we're not all, uh, who's that, who's that guy that we saw that was golfing? Ron Jeremy. We're not all Ron Jeremy's, thank you. He's got the biggest tech <laughs> in show business, or used to. I'd be like, was it him, or was it Peter North? Weren't they around the same remember. time? Well, we're not here to talk about porn stars. We're here to talk about right. micro And how penises. this guy okay. is not ashamed of his micro penis, and he wants other people to not be ashamed of their micro penises either. Mm-hmm. He says um, it makes both men and women more right. comfortable about dating. You know? And he says there are many women who would actually prefer to date men with smaller willies because a lot of men like me are much better in bed because we're more thoughtful and inventive. I'm sorry. It's a deal breaker. I don't think that I could do it. (laughs) Oh God. Like what's the cutoff? Where, where, where do you say I'm just going to say that I have broken up with somebody because of this reason. So I'm just not going to go dive anymore into that. Oh, God. Hopefully he doesn't listen to this <clears throat> podcast ever. Because he'll, he'll know. Hey, I mean, one time, one time, I lended a hand to this guy, like, years ago. <laughs> like, tried to, like, hook up with me. I really wasn't feeling it. But he was so persistent, I'm just like, ah, whatever. Like, I was trying to sleep, and he just, like, kept, like, grabbing my hand and, like, put me on him, and I grabbed, like, I grabbed, I thought I was grabbing a thumb. But we're not here to degrade them, right? We're here to lift them up! Okay, with this yeah, guy's he story. He continues on to say that I've never had a bad review. In fact, quite the opposite. Guys need to be more aware that sex is far more than just slamming it in and going for gold. I am basically like a Jedi warrior with my skills. 
And that's even before I begin the actual intercourse. This guy isn't doing himself any favors. I am living proof that sex is all about technique, not size. To be blunt, once the willy is erect, it doesn't make much difference. In general, men are far too hung up about their body parts. There's nothing you can do about it. They're hung up. (laughs) Um... You know, despite his unwavering confidence, Michael did use to worry about the size. Right, because I'm sure girls have broken up. He did, he did. Trace's mind before, he's like, "Mm." but you know, you know, and he never had a girl tell him, "Oh, that's a small one." I think, yeah, this this is fake news. I I disagree with this this point. <laughs> he never heard a girl tell, oh, that's a small one. But he did get a lot of shit for it when he was in the army. Well, I mean, I could see that because obviously you know? there's some people that have small baby arms. And you're just yeah, you know, staring at the small baby arm in front of you every day in the shower. They used to say to him all the time, you know, they used to say, Hey, I got something stuck in my teeth. Can I use your willy? That's terrible, <laughs> but hilarious. Um, or they would call him guy. the micro penis guy. They would like, um, but he didn't let that get to him, though. He's like, I'm a big fit guy and nothing really intimidates me. And. I'm looking at him, and he's kind of got gumby arms. But I mean, like you know, it doesn't. He might have. He might have some Superman yeah, strength. Who knows? who knows? I mean, the tongue is one of the most powerful muscles in our bodies. So well, I'm sure. I thought it was the eyes. Um, I I I'm just want to the tongue. Which one it is? I'm not a fucking scientist. I think it might be the tongue. I'm not. I'm not too sure. Yeah. You know. Um, he knew, though, when he was dating girls in his teens that he had nothing yep. to worry about, you know? Because girls don't expect much. You know, he says, he blames the porn industry, you know, putting so much pressure on men to have enormous well, I mean, dicks. obviously, the porn <laughs> industry is, like, not real, because 90% of the people in the porn industry do things that don't happen in fucking real life. Exactly. That's why it's I a mean, fantasy. What did we not learn from the hills have thighs? The hills have thighs. Spider babe. Tarzina. Jingle in the jungle. Like, I mean, come on. I mean, those are, of course, all soft porn, like, titles that we watch from drinking games. But, um, anyways. <clears throat> um, men should not compare themselves yeah, to porn I agree. Stars. Just like women shouldn't. Okay. And said, so yep. Yeah. Unrealistic. Nobody should be. Nobody should be comparing themselves to porn stars. And he also says that nobody should ever go for, or even consider having penis enlargement. I mean, I, I feel like you shouldn't tell you somebody know. how to yeah, live, live their with their body. Yeah. You know, my body, you my know. choice. If I want to get a penis enlargement, I will. Nobody's going to fucking stop me. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> yeah, it, Rachel, if you want bigger oh, dick, I'm gonna you get, get a bigger dick, dick, girl. It's going to be like... I will, I will fully support your needs. I will I will pick you up from the hospital. I want it to be like a third After leg. I just your surgery. down like a kickstand. <laughs> you, you can just enlarge your clip so it's like a little penis. No, I don't want... I'm just going to have know, a I'll, giant penis. So large. I will be, I will be your personal oh, you tailor so really appreciate it. to make your three-legged pants for your giant, for your giant yeah, you know, building. I don't have to put any socks down my pants because that's actually just my giant cock. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have such a gargantuous dick <laughs> that, like, it's going to look like a third leg. But, um, but, you know, this guy says... Just, you know, embrace what you got and uh, use yeah, it I think that's. Advantage. I mean, that's a good message for everybody. I think everybody, that's a good message yeah. for us to leave on to, you know. You can all learn a lesson from micropenis. Definitely. Yes, you can all learn. Learn, learn from micropenis, man, because yeah, he's on to something. It's like that song, um, <laughs> listen to your micropenis when it's calling for you. <laughs> There's nothing else you can do. I don't know if you're inside me or whether you're not, but listen to your micro penis. <laughs> and maybe you'll know. Oh God. I think that one like I how many how many Grammys um, did that? I believe forty five. I think it was record platinum. Yeah, it was record breaking. Yeah, it 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 got a triple. It, it, it went triple platinum. platinum. Worldwide. Oh. Yeah, it was actually triple, triple mer. Lord Jesus. On that here. note, that's a perfect end. Our nice uplifting message, you know. Believe in yourself. From yes. Yes. Man to yes. Every man and woman. <laughs> The little dick that could. I feel like we should make a kid's book about that. We should. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not call it the little dick that could, but we'll call it something else. But it will the be. The little twig that could. Yeah, the little twig that could. <laughs> the little twig or mummy, that could. Mummy, or the little dick. The little dick that could. <laughs> Mummy, it's a second yeah. belly button. <laughs> Mummy, why are wet things coming out? <laughs> oh, well, God. on that note, I hope everybody, you know, is having a very safe time. You're washing your hands. And celebrating the message. You're of taking Jesus care Christ. of yourself. Maybe. You know, getting yourself church. some thieves oil, maybe um, sacrificing your virginities, sacrificing virgins. Um, you know, burn yeah. some sage in your house. I hear that Bro, that's sad. real good. Um, you know, kills the bacteria in the air, so you know that could help. You know, just make sure you're cleaning a lot, washing your hands. Don't touch your face. Yeah, don't touch your face like I'm doing right now. Me too. Um. Yeah, I'm over here smoothing <laughs> up my right. eyebrows. It's really hard to not touch your face. It's true. It's But make yeah. sure you're staying safe. Yes. 
And if you think that yes. you're sick, go get tested because it's free. So you have no excuse. I think I'm going to get tested. We probably can't use this, but I'll stop it before the music. <laughs> before the words start. But we just want you to all go here at uh <laughs> at, at three girls one tape that we do care if you have yeah, a bike. We want you to be, feel comfortable in your own body. <laughs> We want you to be confident, but yeah. we do care. And but maybe like, you hey, are you know, a Jedi Master with well, your micro-penis. You could be a Jedi Master, and you could rock my world with that tongue. But still, just like Gillette says, so I don't want no yeah. short dick man. <laughs> Peace out. Thanks for joining us for this far out times. Uh, Jeff. They've been this really far out, man. It's pretty far out, bro. <laughs> wash your hands, All right. And wash your hands. Drink nine Coronas. And yeah, call your, me in the tell morning. Tell your moms that you love them. <laughs> do we do we want to leave this message, yep. message for our viewers, from each of us, before we say goodbye? Whatever, mom. Okay, well, you, you spoke first. What are you talking about? We just went. Oh, I didn't get to say go my special it, message. Alright, say your special message, Mara. Okay, so Jeff, I got my first ultrasound and I gave it to your mother and she wants to talk to you, so that's my special message. <laughs> you hear that, Jeff, Jeffrey? You need to take ownership of this. Don't stand yes. my sister up, you asshole. Yeah, otherwise yeah. I'm coming after okay. you. We got we got people All in right. high places and low places. Yeah. But yeah, especially like that in high places so. and in between I places. Got high places and low mm -hmm. places. I know people everywhere okay, you go. Jesus, what are you doing now? Jesus. Yeah. <laughs>